Invention of Ground. I'm your host, Brian Willey, along with my co-host, John Kesselman. Episode 31 features the head coach of Buena Vista University, Grant Molring. Coach discusses the impact coaches have had on his coaching career, his tips for quarterback development and recruitment, and the rationale behind his offensive style and philosophy. Coach also reflects on his first two years at Buena Vista and explains the challenges and successes that have come during his time as a head coach. Coach Mullring is a great advocate for Division III athletics, and a successful track record provides great optimism for his program. We're excited to share his message with you all. Coaches, don't forget to check out our website at igfootballcoach.com for all our blog posts and podcast episodes. Also, it'd be much appreciated if you could leave us a review on iTunes and help show and grow our program with others. Coaches, also be sure to check out the South Dakota Football Coaches Association Clinic hosted at South Dakota State University on March 23rd and March 24th, which features keynote speakers such as Jerry Kill and Gene Chiswick. For more information on how you can attend this great event, go to www.sdhsca.org. This episode of Intentionally Grounded is brought to you by GoRoute. GoRoute brings practice efficiency into the 21st century with on-field digital risk coaches. Trusted at practice by more than 350 high schools and 30-plus FBS and FCS teams, GoRoute allows coaches to instantly send scout cards and installs to players so that they can stay up-tempo at all practices without the need for binders or managing multiple huddles. Compatible with all major play-drawing systems and hand-drawn cards, GoRoute teams routinely double or triple their practice reps daily. If you value practice time and want the best preparation, then you need to go no scout cards with GoRoute. Learn more at www.goroute.com. That's G-O-R-O-U-T.com. Also, email at sales at goroute.com or call 866-777-1448. Episode 6 of Season 2 of Intentionally Grounded with Coach Grant Mollring starts now. Coach, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background in coaching. Well, I'm a, I'm a son of an educator. Uh, my entire family and, and aunts and uncles were all in the teaching field, so I kind of knew from an early on that, that I was going to be going to be a coach. So um, I grew up in southwest Nebraska, a town of about a 1,000 people called Cambridge. I uh, had a lot of success um, as, as an athletic department and, and as a school going up, growing up. And uh, my dad was a big part of that, so he was a head track coach and defensive coordinator for the football team. And and uh, coached a little basketball along the way, too. So I was involved in just about everything you can think of. Um, from gra- graduating from high school there, and went to the University of Nebraska at Kearney, um, Division II school out in middle central Nebraska. Um, just got started right away. Didn't Decided not to play um, college football and decided to start coaching right away at the high school there in Kearney, which is um, one of the largest classifications in Nebraska, and, and got on as a, you know, started as a freshman coach and worked my way up through through my college career, and by the time I graduated college, I was helping with the varsity and um, became a high school coach for three years. Uh, coached basketball, track, football, all every sport at a small school, and got the opportunity to become a grad assistant at uh, back at University of Nebraska Kearney. So I took that opportunity. Um, only GA'd for about a year. Uh, we had someone leave on staff, and and the head coach elevated elevated me to a full time position. So didn't didn't set out to 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 be a, a college coach to be honest with you i i was i was a high school coach and, and enjoyed that um that's kind of where i thought where i would stay but opportunity to become a grad assistant and, and learn the college football side of things and and took it and ran with it and here i am 
Coach, you've spent a, your entire coaching career, or a collegiate coaching career anyway, working with offenses, specifically the quarterback position. Talk to us a little bit about what you look for when you're recruiting and developing the most important position on the team. Yeah, um, when it comes to quarterbacks, you know, there's so much that you that you don't necessarily have time to change. So, so mechanics aren't aren't really anything that I look at. I look at um, their personality. I look at a competitive mentality. Um, I look at their football IQ, and we sit down and when I visit with quarterbacks, either at the schools or when they come on an official visit uh, to BV, we sit down and close the door and get on the chalkboard, and, and I want to know what they know. Um, I want to know how, not necessarily whether or not it would translate from high school to college, but wh- how quick they can pick things up. Um, we put a lot on our quarterbacks here to, to kind of see things and be the coach on the field, and I want to know that they have that competitive mentality and, and some football IQ and some leadership skills. Um, and then when it comes to, to actually as a player, you know, the number one thing I look for is accuracy. Um, decent footwork, accuracy, being able to put the ball where he wants to put it. Um, you know, if, if he can run a little bit, that, that creates some opportunity for him too. But um, more, more of it is, is the mental side of things, to be honest with you. Coach, is that hard to find right now with high school kids? Um, just kids who are accurate with the football. I know here it's something that, um, you know, that's what we look for first, too, in our kids. If you can complete passes, you know, there's a lot of different things we could do. But if, you, if you're not accurate, it's really hard. Um, is it hard to find guys who are good at who have that skill right now? Well, it, it's, a, it's a tough transition for us, specifically at the Division three level, because we're not getting um, – you're not going to get those quarterbacks that played at really high-level football in terms of high school and large high schools and stuff like that. Chances are, you know, if they're a really lucrative quarterback at, at a 5A or a 6A school, whatever state you might be in, then, then you know, they've got a lot of interest. Um, so, I, I, you know, we're looking at smaller school guys most likely, and, and some of those offenses aren't as complex as ours, and specifically the passing game. You know, that their play-action post route that they throw, chances are the guy might be wide open. Um, here, I don't know if anybody's ever open. Um, so, so, yeah, I would say it is. Um, a lot of it comes from, you know, um, being able to play multiple sports and specializing and stuff like that. And we want, you know, I'd love for our guy to be a pitcher because um, he's got to have accuracy if he's a pitcher. Um, but but a lot of times you're not going to find that guy. So I would say that accuracy is an issue. It, it, it's, um, you know, just the different styles of offenses, I think, play a big part in that. You're born and raised in Nebraska, and we talked about that, Coach. And, and until you came to BV, uh, you'd always coached in the state as well. What was it like making the transition to Iowa and, and then the American Rivers Conference? Yeah, I'd heard, you know, I'd heard of it um, at the time. It was called the IAC Conference, so obviously – um, long history, you know, BV is a charter member and we've been in this conference since 1922. So I, I definitely had heard of it. You know, I knew about the Wartburg and Coes and Centrals of the world. Um, but getting over here and, and getting hit in the ground running and going into your first season, I think, I think the biggest difference is um, surrounding yourself and, and being familiar with your surroundings. Um, you know, we don't have any, we didn't at the time have any guys from Iowa on the staff. Uh, so Getting getting out and introducing ourselves to the high school coaches and understanding different classifications and who plays what and and who's the arch rivals and all that stuff's been been fun to do, um, but I think when it comes to the conference, you know, I'm just overall overall really impressed with the with the level of coaching in the conference. Um, the schemes here are really complex, um, you know, and a lot of them are getting their guys for for three or four years. 
um, as contributors, and that's a little bit different than the GPAC conference out in Nebraska. Some of those guys are two-year guys or one-year guys and things like that. So um, I think just the overall development of programs here, I mean, you look around the league, and, and we're, we're a little bit of the outlier here that that uh, our staff hasn't been together for 10, 15, 20 years like some of these staffs. So um, it's, a, it's a tough road to hoe, but um, I'm really excited, and, and the coaches here have been great to get to know. Coach, you touched on a little bit about the importance of fostering that relationship with the high school coaches in, in hopes of furthering your, your collegiate program. What are some of the strategies you use to kind of build that connection with the high school coaches in hopes that one day they'll send you, hopefully, their, their top players? Yeah, and to be honest with you, that's changed a lot, too, in terms of, you know, your kind of your last comment of sending high school players. You know, um, the Internet has changed things. Huddle has changed things where um, kids sometimes are being recruited, and, and we fall into the trap a little bit, too, that kids are being recruited without their high school coach even knowing about it. Um, that wasn't the case 10 years ago or even five years ago sometimes. So um, we really try to, you know, when we start recruiting a kid and, and he sends information to us or a recruiting service sends information to us, you know, one of the things that we've tasked our staff with doing is make sure that we're reaching out to the high school coach to let him know who we are, let him know where we're at, and let him know why we're interested in in his players and, and things like that. So um, it's, it's, it's still mission critical for us. I, I think I – think getting relationships with the high school coaches um, pays off in more ways than just recruiting. Um, I think it pays off professionally, uh, and I think it helps guys develop a little bit as coaches too. Um, so we really hit the ground running. You know, we've tried to get out each spring and go see some coaches. Um, we've tried to have different different teams stop by our campus, you know, if they're going to play in a state playoff game or things like that. Um, we've tried to have some, some guys swing by for some seven-on-seven seven in the summer. And then obviously once the season's over, you know, our, our goal is – we want to stop by the high school whether or not they have a senior that might be interested or not just to say hi. And I think that's starting to pay off a lot for our staff here as we move into to our third recruiting cycle. You had a great run as the offensive coordinator at Hastings College. And so what lessons and schemes did you use there, and how did that help you garner so much success? Yeah, a lot of it is is to do with, you know, and I had to learn this as a young coach too, that, um, you know, I have a philosophy and I have things I want to do, but – and even though we've recruited these kids, maybe when you get them there um, and they start to play in your in your system, maybe there's other things that they do better. Um, so we've had to, you know, you have to adjust your adjust your philosophy to fit your personnel. The other thing that you really have to do is um, sometimes, you know, you're bringing in coaches that have been in other systems, or or you inherit in some coaches that are in other systems. Um, what I've learned as a, as a young head, head coach is that you have to adjust your scheme to fit your coaches too. Um, you know, we've got some coaches that, that have played in our line coaches played in the gap scheme. So um, he wasn't up as advanced in the zone stuff. So um, we've built that stuff in to help him and, and to encourage him um, to do what he does well, too. So I think a lot of it is, is adjusting. You have to be able to be flexible. Um, and that was one thing that we really did at Hastings. We were flexible in, in kind of how we attacked things. Um, we had some really good kids, some really talented kids and some really talented coaches. Um, so we were able to, to kind of fit things to, to match the personnel that we had, you know, when it came to scheme and stuff like that, it just kind of, kind of varied year to year a little bit. Your, your general philosophy might stay the same, but, but you might come up with some different schemes to fit those kids. Coach, you just kind of touched on it. What is your general, you know, in your, in an ideal world, um, a system that you had full control over and, and every piece fit together, what, it, what would your, uh, ideal offensive philosophy be? 
Yeah, we want to line up in, in some spread formations. You know, I, I started studying things a lot last year and, and came to the realization that that running different personnel groupings onto the field actually gives a little bit of an advantage to the defensive coordinator that you're competing against um, when it comes to the X's and O's. So we tried to base everything out of out of an 11 personnel look last year, um, and I really liked how, how that shook out. Um, you know, we want to line up in some spread formations, run some tempo stuff when, when we can, um, move to more of a gap scheme run stuff, and then and – then, you know, we started running the RPOs and stuff like that when I was at Hastings, so we've carried that over and, and trying to stress the defense and, and, and get those one-on-one matchups that, that are to our advantage. Um, so that's in an ideal world. Um, I'd love to be able to run the quarterback a little bit to keep people honest because it adds one more person that they have to defend in the run game. Um, but you also have to be careful, and, and uh, your quarterback's your quarterback room has to have a little bit of depth to be able to, to, to pull the trigger on that. So, um, there's other things that we can do to counteract that, but but that's an ideal world. Coach, let's switch a little bit here and talk more about Buena Vista. Uh, you just finished your second year leading the program. Talk a little bit about the challenges and successes you've had so far in your first two years there. Yeah, you know, we've had some we've had some successes, and we've definitely had some challenges. I think probably the biggest challenge for us is is our location in Iowa, is in Northwest Iowa, and we're you know we're surrounded by. Um, a whole host of NAI schools that, that our financial aid packages are a little bit different. Um, we also have some D2 traffic that comes through Northwest Iowa in terms of the Minnesota schools and Nebraska schools and things like that. So finding that niche, um, to be honest with you, you know, there's not as many kids that are looking to play college football anymore, probably in this area as well compared to 20, 15, 20 years ago. So um, the challenges have been finding the right type of kid and, and getting them here and keeping them here. Um, it's no different than any other small school. Um, I think one of the one of the successes that we've had is that, um, you know, not knowing and not being familiar with BV once I got here and, and after we get through a couple of recruiting cycles, we start to realize um, what type of kid we're looking for, and then we realize, start to realize the su- successes that these kids are having as students when they, when they leave BV. Um, you know, Buena Vista is an, an outstanding academic school, um, so we have to, you know, a little bit tailor our message a little bit and, and tailor our targets. Um, but we're finding a, we're finding that um, once we've figured all that stuff out and we've been, we've been able to hit the ground running and, and move forward, then we're having a lot of success in the recruiting world. And you know, we'll start to have that success on the field. Um, we we took a step back last year in terms of our record, um, but we probably increased our talent level. Um, we definitely increased, uh, improved the culture off the field. Um, so we're moving in the right direction. You know, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce your way, and, and we had a couple challenges last year where we had, had several leads in the fourth quarter and weren't able to close out those games. So um, attribute a little bit a little bit of that to youth and a little bit of that to the ball not bouncing your way, and, and you got to get back on the horse and keep riding. So um, we'll be back at it this year, and we think we're going to have an improved product on the field. Coach, you touched on it just a little bit, just about the recruiting and, and tailoring your recruiting to fit the academic needs and, and the football needs both at BV. Um, mm-hmm. What are you looking for, and what are some of the top traits that you have to have for a kid to be recruited by you guys? Well, and we just kind of got off the road recruiting. I got in late last night, and we were recruiting in, in Arizona with some connections that we had. And, and one of the things that, that I would tell you know, young men like that that we were recruiting or even young men that start to show up on campus tomorrow for their official visits are, um, number one, you have to see yourself as a student at BVU whether or not you're a football player or not. Um, I think I think when you start to, to look at it from that angle and when these, 
young men and their parents start looking at it from that angle, they see things in a little bit of a different light. Like you want to go somewhere where you have success. So number one, um, you know, academically, is this is this a place that's gonna that's gonna challenge you? Which I know it will. Um, but but in their eyes, is this a place that's gonna challenge you? Um, is this a place that you're gonna get your degree um, that you want when you leave and to be able to get a job when you leave? Um, and then you know takes a bold decision to, to come to a private college these days. I get that. So we want guys that are bold. We want guys that stand out as leaders at their high school. Um, because when they get here, we want them to be more than just a football player. Um, and they have to be interested in doing that. Um, we've told kids that when you're looking at coming to college, whether it's here or whether it's the other places that I've been, um, these aren't football factories. These aren't um, these aren't pumping out NFL prospects and stuff like that. So um, be a student, be an athlete. Um, be involved on campus, and those are all the, the traits that we're looking for. you got to love football, you got to love competing, but you also have to love the other side of things and, and the more important side of things, and that's getting a degree. Peering into the future for a little bit for yourself, Coach, what do you, have, what do you believe the future has in store for you going forward? Yeah, I get to ask that question a fair amount, um, especially from people around here. You know, Paradise is where you're at. That's what the who who was it? Voltaire, the philosopher, said that. So I, I absolutely enjoy being here. We love the community. I have a, I have a young family. I have a five-year-old and a one-year-old, um, and we love raising them here. Um, you know, the football side of things will play out kind of as God has it, has, sees it for you. And and my wife and I love it here. So I just taking it day by day, and and I want to do the best job I can possibly do for BV. Um, ultimately, I'd love to coach football the rest of my life as long as I can because it's something that I enjoy something I have a passion for something my family um, enjoys being a part of so um, never say never to anything but but you know I'm not looking too far ahead because I, I know the task here and the job here is a long way from being completed coach we kind of have a tradition on our show um, and, and it's completely not football related so um, but if <laughs> I've, you, I've heard <laughs> uh, if if uh, you had a walk-up song as a pro baseball player, a professional wrestler, uh, what would it be and why? So you you can tell us what it is, but you also have to give a why too. Yeah, you know I've I've been thinking long and hard about this, and I was traveling, so I had a good time to to, to put some thought into it. And I went went a lot of different directions, but I'm gonna go DJ Cool. Let me clear my throat. Oh, it's a good stadium anthem. It's something that I, I enjoy. You know, I enjoy. Um, those atmospheres where, where people are having a great time and up on their feet and screaming and hollering. And, and I thought if I, if, if, if the crowd behind me was, was, was bumping to that song when I walked out to, to step in the batter's box and I think the pitcher would be a little intimidated or if I was getting ready to take the, take the ring in, in the WWF, I know that the crowd would be on my side because it's a great stadium anthem.